With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Baba Kama Daf Mem Dalad, page 44. We begin five lines from the bottom on Mem Gimel Mabez, page 43b. Vechein beben oibabas. We said in the Mishnah that if an ox kills a child, whether a boy or a girl, there's going to be an obligation for that animal to be killed. Tan Rabban, we learned in Abraisa, the verse says, if the animal shall kill a child, whether a boy or a girl, what does this teach us? This teaches us that an animal has to be killed, whether it had killed a minor or an adult. says, What do we need this Pasuk for? Actually, first of all, it's going to be comparable to something else, and second of all, it's going to actually be a logical derivation to teach us that the animal has to be killed. First of all, we have something that we can compare it to. Since there's an obligation for death, a liability for death if one person kills another person, and we find that an animal that kills a person has to be killed as well. If we find in regards to one person killing another, there's no difference between if the person killed a minor or an adult, there's an obligation for the person who killed to be killed. So too in regards to an animal causing death to a person, there's no reason that we should make a difference between a minor or an adult. That's first of all. Additionally, it's actually a logical derivation. If we find in regards to one person killing another person, there's a leniency in regards to one person killing another, that if the person who killed is a minor, so then there's no obligation for that person, that minor, to be killed, which is not true in regards to an adult. So we find where we have a leniency, which is in regards to a person, and nevertheless, we are machmir, there's a stringency in regards to the fact that it doesn't matter who is killed, there's going to be an obligation for the person who caused the death to, to die, whether he killed a minor or an adult. So sure, but Adam, in regards to an ox killing a person, we see a stringency in this regard. There's no such thing as a minor in regards to an ox. If the ox is one day old, if the ox is 20 years old, it's going to have an obligation to be killed if it killed a person. In Aydin, so certainly in regards to an ox which is stringent, certainly there's going to be an obligation to, for the animal to be killed whether it killed a minor or an adult. So we have, first of all, we have that din that it makes sense it should be the same as a person killing another person. And second of all, we actually have a logical derivation saying that certainly an ox that killed a person, if it's a minor, it should certainly be killed as well. So what do we need this verse for? Similar says, lie. It's not true. Im amris adam ba'adam if we're talking about, if we find that it's true by a person killing another person, that there's an obligation for the person to be killed, whether it was a minor or an adult that was killed, there's a stringency in regards to a person that doesn't exist in regards to a shore, in regards to an ox. And that is that when a person causes damage, there's four extra things that there's an obligation to pay. Besides for the nezek, besides for the damage, you also have tsa'ar, the pain, sheves, uh, the, the loss of work, ripui, the doctor bills, and boishes, and the embarrassment that was caused, which is not true in regards to an ox, that there's no obligation for these four things. So therefore, you wouldn't know that by an ox, if it killed a minor, maybe it's different. Maybe there's no obligation for the, for the ox to be killed. Talmud Lomar, that's why we need the verse, that if it kills, it gores through a child, whether it's a boy or a girl, this comes to teach us that there's an obligation for the ox to be killed, whether it killed a minor or an adult. All we know so far is that if an ox kills, that's what the verse is talking about, it's talking about a wild ox. So maybe that's when there's an obligation for the ox to be killed, when it's wild. But how do we know that even when it's tame and it kills a minor, that there's an obligation for the animal to be killed? So Gemara says, first it tries to say that it actually makes sense. Since we find an obligation in regards to a man or a woman, an adult, we find that there's an obligation in regards to a minor. 
If we find in regards to a man or a woman, an adult, there's no difference whether the animal is tame or it's wild. So too, when we're talking about a minor, there will be no difference whether we're talking about a tame animal or a wild animal. Not only that, but we actually have a logical derivation. If we find in regards to a man or a woman that their power is weak, there's a leniency. Their power is weak. They're not as great as a minor. Their power is weak in that. They have to pay nizelk and they have to pay damages if they cause damages. And nevertheless, we find that there's no difference. There's a stringency in regards to a tame animal and in regards to a wild animal that caused death. There's an obligation for the animal to be killed. A minor who actually is has an advantage. They don't have to pay damages if they're animal or they cause damage. So certainly there should be no difference in regards to a minor that got killed by an animal. There should be no difference between a tame animal and a wild animal. So it makes sense logically that there should be an obligation for the animal to be killed here as well, whether it's tame or wild. Amris, so the Gemara says, hold on a second. You can't learn it out from either of those t- two things. In the first way that we learned out, so how did we learn it out? Rashi explains that when we said before that when we're talking about an adult, we find that an ox that gores kills an adult, whether it's tame, whether it's wild, there's an obligation for the, for the animal to be killed. So we see that there's no difference there. So we said, if we already find in regards to a minor where an ox kills it when it's wild, there's going to be an obligation for the ox to be killed. So it should also be no difference between a tame animal and a wild animal. Now, what is the defining point that teaches us that in regards to a tame animal, the animal that killed will be obligated to be killed? How do we see it? We see it from the fact that in regards to a wild animal that killed a minor, there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. And the proof that that is the point that teaches it to us, and not so much the point that there's no difference between a tame animal and a wild animal in regards to an adult, that's not the main point. So Rashi explains, because we already saw from the Gemara before, that when we tried to learn that out, without the verse of Oibeni Gach Yigach, we couldn't do it. It wasn't possible. That being the case, the defining point is that we already see that in regards to a minor, a wild animal, so it's going to get killed. So that's how we see that in regards to a tame animal, it's also going to get killed when it kills a minor. So that's pro- very problematic, because now what's happening is that we're learning out to a case where it's lenient, which is where the animal is tame, that there's going to be a stringency. And what are we learning out from? a case where it's stringent, which is where the animal is wild, that we see that there's a stringency. Just because we see a stringency by a stringent case, that can't prove that there's that same stringency by a lenient case. Maybe if the animal is tom, or the animal is tame, so maybe there's no obligation for the animal to be killed. That's what the Gemara is challenging. Again, let's read that inside. Amr's is it true that we're going to learn out to a lenient case from a stringent case to be stringent on the lenient case? Just because we're being stringent in the case of a wild animal that kills a minor and killing the animal, that gives us a right to be stringent in regards to the tame animal, which is lenient. Additionally, the second thing that we try to learn now from the Kal is not is also not good. Where do we try to learn it out from? We try to learn it out with, from a logical derivation from a man and a woman. 
And we said that the man and the woman, so they're on a lower level. Why? Because they have to pay nizak and they have to pay damages. But the truth is that we can find the chumrah stringency in regards to a man and a woman. Shekin chayav and mitzvahs. That we already find that there's, there's an obligation on, a, on an adult to, to do the commandments. You can't prove anything to a case of a minor. The minor does not have an obligation to do the commandments. So we see it's more kal in regards to a minor. So maybe that's why, in fact, you'll have a leniency in regards to a minor. And you won't be able to say that a tam... A tame animal that killed the minor will be killed. Tamud Laimar. So that's why we need to bring the Pasuk. It says twice, Yikach. What's it coming to teach you? Negicha betam, negicha bemuad. That if the animal gored, whether it's a tame animal or it's a wild animal, why did I have to say Yigach twice? It's teaching you that even if it's tame, there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. Negicha lemisa, negicha lenezakin. And whether there's, an, there's a goring that happened that killed or whether it caused damage, there's going to be an obligation for the owner to take responsibility for for that action of his ox. We continue with the Mishnah. If there was an ox that was rubbing itself against the wall, and the wall fell on a person and killed the person. Another case, if the animal intended to kill another animal, and it accidentally killed a person. Another case, if it meant, the animal meant to kill a Canaanite person, but instead it killed a Jew, it meant to kill a person, a child, who was not going to live, and it accidentally went and killed a regular person. Potter, there's no obligation in all of these cases. The Gemara begins. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Potter mi misa That in these cases, when we say there's no obligation, so it means there's no liability for the animal to be killed, but there is an obligation to pay the kofer, according to Shmuel. V'rav, Amarav says, Potter mi There's no obligation neither for the animal to be killed, and not for the animal, for the owner of the animal to pay the kofer. Va'amai hotam. The Gemara says, why should that be? We're talking about a tame animal. How can we even talk about kofer? There's no kofer by a tame animal. So the Gemara answers, Rav, like Rav says elsewhere, we have a case where it's considered wild to do something which is strange, which is to fall on people inside of pits. The way that it's killing these people is by rubbing against the wall till the wall falls down and kills a person. So it's done it three times and now it became wood, became wild, and therefore we can talk about kofer, we can talk about having to pay this special fine. The Gemara says, if so, it's done it three times, so it has to be killed the animal. It's it's knocking down walls to kill people. You have to kill the animal. Over there, we could say that the animal did it unintentionally in regards to a pit. Because, let's say, it saw some grass at the edge of the pit, and therefore it was eating the grass, and it falls in. However, how can we say over here this is something that was done unintentionally? So we can say over here as well, where it's doing something for its own benefit. It's rubbing itself against the wall in order to maybe has an itch. And it's not meaning to kill the person that gets killed when the wall falls down. The Gemara says, how do we know that in fact that's what it was doing? The boss of the Nafaka because after the wall has fallen, the animal is still rubbing itself against it. So that proves that it didn't mean to kill the person. That being the case, so it did it three times. Now it's considered a mood, considered wild. So therefore, we can talk about whether or not there's an obligation to pay the kofar, this special fine. We turn to Memdalim, base page 44b. Bakati, the service center, the Gemara says, how can we talk about kofar at all? This is not the primary force of the animal. It's not the animal itself that's causing the damage. It's a, a secondary force 
The animal pushed over a wall. The wall killed the person. That's called tsuroros. That's like it's kicking up stones. There's no kofar in regards to tsuroros. There's only kofar in regards to what the animal itself has done. Amar Mari Breeder of Kahana. So Mari Breeder of Kahana says like this. The The case is talking about where the animal, in fact, is moving along with the wall. Thus, it's not a secondary force. It's not like the animal pushed it. It fell then and it killed somebody. But rather, the animal is pushing the wall the whole time. And as it's pushing it, so it kills a person. So that's called the primary force of the animal. It's called the animal itself has done the damage. And that's what we can talk about if there's kofar to pay or not. The Gemara continues. Tanik Hafezi the Shmuel, the to the Rav. We have a Brisa which is like Shmuel, who said that there's an obligation to pay the kofar, and it's an upshlug. It destroys what Rav said, which he said that there's no obligation to pay the kofar. As follows: There are cases where there's an obligation for the animal to be killed and for the owner to pay the kofar. There are cases where there's an obligation to pay the kofar and there's no obligation for the animal to be killed. There are cases where you have there's an obligation for the animal to be killed and there's no obligation to pay the kofar. And there are cases where there's no obligation for either. How does this work? If let's say the animal was wild and it killed intentionally intended to kill this person, so then there's an obligation for the animal to be killed, there's an obligation on the owners to pay the kofar. Let's say it was muad, it was wild, and it didn't intend to kill this person, so the owners do indeed have to pay the kofar, but there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. If the animal is tame, and it intentionally kills, so there's an obligation for the animal to be killed, but there's no obligation for the owners to pay the kofar. Tam If it's a tame animal and it was done unintentionally, pater mize umize. There's no obligation for death and there's no obligation for kofar. Vani zagin And if they're talking about where there's damages that were done without intention, Rebbe says there's an obligation. Rebbe Shimon Poiter. Rebbe Shimon says there's no obligation. Now the Gemara asks, my time at Rebbe Yehuda, what's the reason of Rebbe Yehuda? Yolof mi so we learn it out from the concept of kofar. Ma kofar shelo bekavona chayiv. If we find in regards to kofar, where it's done without intention, there's an obligation. Afanizokin nami shelo bekavona chayiv. So in regards to damages, where it's done without intention, there will also be an obligation to pay those damages. Rabbi Shimon yelav mikatala it is sure. Rabbi Shimon says that we learn out from what happens to the animal when it gores, if we kill it or not. Ma kitale shelo bekavona potter. If the animal kills without intent, there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. Afanizokin. So to in regards to damages that are done without intent, there's no obligation to pay those damages. Why don't we learn out from where it causes death? So the answer is, Rabbi Yehuda says, that we learn out from where you have to pay a payment to another case where there's payment. We don't learn out payments from whether or not the animal has to get death. So Rabbi Shimon, what's he going to respond? Why don't we learn out from kofar, which is a payment? So he answered, Sure. We learn out one obligation, which is the obligation that the animal has to pay, which is nezek, which is something that the animal itself has done, from another place that we have an obligation, which is where the animal has killed someone, as opposed to the case of kofer, which is something that's incumbent, necessary, for the bailan themselves, for the owners, because, as Rashi explains, it's coming to be an atonement for the owners. So that's something that's totally different. It has nothing to do with the obligations that we're talking about over here. The Gemara continues. This Kavan Lara gets we said that if the animal intended to kill another animal, but it ended up killing a person, so then there's no obligation 
let's say the animal intended to kill one person and it ended up killing another person, then there is an obligation. So our Mishnah, the implication of our Mishnah is not like a Bishimin. The Tani, we learned in a Bishimin, Bishimin, Aimer Bishimin says, Even if the animal intended to kill one person and it ended up killing another person, the animal does not have to be killed. My time with Bishimin, what's the reasoning of Bishimin? Because he has a verse, Hashor Yisakal, Vagamba, all of you must. The, the ox has to be stoned and the owners have to be killed. And when we say that the owners have to be killed, it means that they have to pay the kofar, which is a replacement for their souls, an atonement for their souls. Kemises bailam, kach mises ashur. So the Gemara says, we're going to take the words of the Pasuk, the words of the verse, and we're going to say, just like the misa, the death of the Pasuk, which is talking about the owners of the shore, so too in regards to the, the ox being stoned, there's also something similar. Just like in regards to a person, there's no obligation for the person to be killed until he intends to kill the person that he killed. So this teaches you that so too in regards to an ox, until the ox killed the person that he intended to, the ox is not killed. How do we know that this is true in regards to a person? Because we have a verse, he shall lie in wait, and then he will get up and kill him. Actually, this teaches us that when is there an obligation for the person who killed to be killed? Only when he specifically intends to kill the person that he that he ended up killing. Otherwise, there's no obligation. So, so too in regards to an ox, according to Bishimin. According to the rabbis who argue on Rabbi Shimon, they hold that even if you intended to kill one person and you ended up killing someone totally different, you still have to be killed. So what do they do with this verse? This verse seems to imply that the only time you have an obligation to be killed is only if you intended to kill that person. So they said in the yeshiva of Rabbi Yana as follows, This verse is coming to exclude where you didn't intend to kill a Jew, meaning you threw a stone into a group of people, amongst that group of people were Jews and non-Jews, were, or Jews and Canaanites, actually, is the case. Hey, what's the case? If the case is where there were nine Canaanites and one Jew amongst them, typically the Ruba Ninu. So then we should go and say, listen, most of the people there are Canaanites, so we can't assume that you meant to kill the Jew. Or if it's 50-50, let's say there are five Jews and five Canaanites. So whenever you have a 50-50 chance, if we're talking about something which is a liability of death, so we have a special verse that teaches us that we always try to be as lenient as possible. So we wouldn't assume that you meant to kill a Jew. It's a 50-50 chance. So the Gemara says, Where do we need it for? This Pasuk, this verse, Where there are actually nine Jews, most of them are Jews, and there's one Canaanite. Even though most of them are Jews, Since we have one Canaanite amongst them, so it's considered kavua means set. There's a special concept. If you have one thing, one out of ten, a very low chance, but it's something which is kavua, it's set, you see it, it's something that's in front of you. Whenever you have it in front of you, you always assume that there's a 50-50 chance. And therefore, once we we can assume there's a 50-50 chance that you meant to kill the Canaanite, as opposed to the Jew, so then we can come on to the concept that in regards to liability for death, so we try to be lenient, so where we have a 50-50 chance, we can assume that you meant to kill the Canaanite, and therefore we don't assume that you meant to kill the Jew. And that's why, in that case, that's what the verse is coming to say, only when you intended to kill a Jew is there not a liability for death death, even if you kill someone else, a different Jew, but if you intended it as a possibility that you intended to kill a non-Jew, a Canaanite, so then there's no obligation for death, even though you killed a Jew.
We begin the Mishnah. Shor ha'isha v'shor ha'yusayimim. An ox that belongs to a woman, an ox that belongs to orphans. Shor ha'patropis, an ox that's being guarded by a legal guardian. Shor ha'midbar, an ox that's ownerless, it's from the wilderness. Shor ha'hektish, an ox that belongs to the temple. Shor ha'gersha meis ve'en lo'yarshim. An ox that belongs to a convert who died and he had no inheritors. Even though they have no owners, there still is an obligation for the animal to be killed if it killed a person. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Shor ha'midbar, shor ha'hektish, shor ha'gersha meis. In these three cases, Cases where it has no owner, where it's from the wilderness, it's from the temple, it belonged to a convert who died, there were no inheritors, and then there's no obligation, Minhamisa, for it to be killed, because Rehuda holds if it has no owners, it can't be killed. The Gemara is going to explain this. We begin the Gemara. Tan Rabban, we learned in the Brisa. Shur, Shur, Shiva. The verse says the word Shur seven times, ox seven times. La Shur Ha'isha. This comes to teach us that there are more cases where the animal is killed. Shur Ha'isha, the ox of a woman. Shur Ha'yusayim, the ox of, a, of orphans. Shur Ha'yusayim, an ox that's being guarded by legal guardian. Shur Midbar, an ox that's ownerless, it's from the wilderness. Shur Ha'hektish, an ox that belongs to the temple. Shur Ha'ger, Shemesvein Liyarshin, an ox that belonged to a convert who died and there were no inheritors. Rabbi Yehuda, I mean, Rabbi Yehuda says, no. Shur Ha'midbar, Shur Ha'hektish, Shur Ha'ger, Shemesvein an ox that belongs to the wilderness, meaning it's ownerless. An ox that belongs to the temple. An ox that belongs to a convert who died in Yorshin and he has no inheritors. Peturim and Hamisa, there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. Because it has no owners. Amr Rafun, Rafun says, not only did Rabbi Yehuda say that if it was ownerless from the beginning that an animal doesn't, be, it doesn't have to be killed, but even if it had an owner when it originally gored, and then the owner went and donated it to the temple, or when it originally gored it had an owner, and then the owner gave it, he, he gave it over to make it ownerless. Even in such a case, since there's no owner at the time when they get to court, so therefore the animal is not going to be killed. Mimai, how do we know this? Midiktani, from the fact that we said in the mission of Tartu, two cases, Shur Hamid Barva Shur Ager Shemes Ven Liyarshim. We have a case, two cases where it's ownerless. The ox that belongs to the wilderness, so to speak, and an ox that originally belonged to a convert and he had no inheritors. Shur Hager Shemes Mainihu. What's the case of an ox that belonged to a convert that died? The cave in the Ein Liyarshim Havalich for Hefker. What happens? It has no inheritors, so the animal becomes ownerless. Hainashur Hamid Barva, that's exactly the case of the ox that's in the wilderness that has no owners. It's exactly the same as the case with the convert who died and there's no inheritors. So what's it coming to say the same thing twice? This is what it's coming to teach you. That even if it gored originally had an owner, in the end, the owners donated it to the temple. Or if it originally gored and then the owners made it ownerless, that there's no obligation for the animal to be killed. It's a good proof. Tanya Nami Hachli have a bright like this as well. Yes, Rakin Amr Bihuda. Furthermore, Rabbi Yehuda said as follows, Even if the animal originally gored and it had an owner, and then the owner made it, he donated it to the temple, or if it originally gored and there was an owner, and then he made it ownerless, there's an obligation for the animal to be killed. Shenemar, the verse says, The verse it says, it puts two things next to each other. First of all, it says when the animal gets wild and it gores and it has an owner, and then right next to it says that the court is going to kill it. So we see that there has to be a similarity. Both the original time when the animal caused the death and the time when the animal is being brought to court, they have to be the same and that there has to be an owner there. Somewhere says, hold on a second. Would that imply that at the stage, let's say the first two stages, when the animal killed, and then when the animal was brought to court, let's say it was under one owner, but then before that, the court made their final decree, it didn't belong to that owner anymore. Then it would be considered that you would kill it? The verse also says in that verse that another thing, that the animal gets killed, that would imply that when the court makes its decree, there too it should have to be under the same owner. So the Gemara says, rather say as follows, 
What we mean is that until when the animal killed, when the animal was brought to court, when the, when the court finally made their decree, until all three of those cases it's under the same owner, that original owner, and he hasn't made it ownerless or he hasn't donated it to the temple. So as long as that's true, so then the animal is killed. But otherwise, if he's donated to the temple or he's made it ownerless, then in fact there will be no obligation for the animal to be killed. We begin the Mishnah. Sure, sure, you'll see the Sakel. Let's say an animal is on its way. It's supposed to be killed. It's supposed to be stoned. Viktishu Ba'alov. And it's already been decreed on the animal. And now the owners, they go and they want to make it holy to the temple. They want to donate it to the temple. Eina Muktish. It doesn't become donated to the temple. Shachadoi. Let's say the owner at, the, at this point slaughters it. Bisari Asus. Then the flesh is forbidden. However, if it was done before the final decree of the court, that's when he went and he donated it to the temple. Muktash, then it does work. And if he slaughters it as well, so the flesh is going to be permitted. Let's say he gave it over to a person who watches it for free. Or a borrower. Someone who gets paid to watch it. Or someone who's renting it. So they have entered into the status of the owners. They have an obligation to watch out. And if there's any damages, they have to pay. If it's wild, they have to pay full damages. And as usual, if the animal is tame, you only have to pay half the damages. With Hashem's help, we'll continue. Continue from here in the next daily daf.